Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And welcome to Charmed, a Spellcast. Hey, you listening there. Have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls? Demon-infested world They're the Charmed Ones They're the Charmed Ones They're the Charmed Ones Charmed! A spellcast! Okay, hello, 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 Hi. What's up, guys? This is the second episode we're doing in a row. So we're hyping ourselves up over here, yeah. trying to get revivified and ready to yeah. entertain you with our recollections and recountings of Season 1, Episode 7, The Fourth Sister. <gasps> this is actually a good episode. I think we can pull it together, maintain sanity can. for this discussion. It's definitely an interesting episode. So this was aired November 18th, 1998. Um, it was directed by Gilbert Adler, and it was written by Edith Swenson. Mm, Gilbert and Edith. Gilbert Dream and Edith. team. Gilbert and Sullivan back together again for one last heist. <laughs> Oops. Um, okay. So let's do our three little interconnections yes let's give the overarching storylines overarching i never know because it's an arc let's give the overarching let's give the um arc the triumph <laughs> let's give our arch nemesis storylines yes yes so okay so phoebe first maybe yeah sure so in this episode phoebe phoebe so in this episode, Phoebe is... That's Aviva and Phoebe's... Ship name. Ship name. Uh, Phoebe is approached... Well, all three sisters are approached, but Phoebe is really uh, forming sort of this relationship to a teenager who claims that she is also a witch and wants to get in with the Hallowell clan, mm -hmm. essentially. And Phoebe becomes sort of a friend slash mentor figure mm -hmm. for a little bit. Because mm -hmm. I think she really sees a lot of herself in Aviva. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then meanwhile, um, Piper is having a little love story. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, this is between Piper and Phoebe, actually. You're so right. They have a little... Mm -hmm. Piper... Well, it's... But it's really Piper. Um, Piper and Phoebe are playing a friendly game of sibling rivalry in essentially who gets to date the handyman, mm -hmm. Leo. Um, and Piper seems to have genuine feelings for him, I will say. Yes. Uh, whereas Phoebe is having fun. Yeah. Um, and then Prue is trying to have a date with Andy. <laughs> she just wants to go on one date. She just wants to go on one date, but she ends up getting pulled into her sister's issues with Aviva. Yes. And uh, that's pretty much it. Okay, so then let's just start the episode. Yeah, so um, we open up on me in my room, sitting surrounded by black candles with my dark lipstick on and um, Thrasher in the back. No, it's not Thrasher, but uh, so this young girl, Aviva, is calling forth 
the image of Callie. Mm -hmm. She's summoning her, and Callie appears as this like overly angelic being Mm -hmm. in a mirror. Yeah. Right away, never trust someone appearing in a mirror. You know why? They are trapped there. They are trapped there for a reason. Never trust someone who appears in a mirror. Not even Dumbledore. No, true. Yeah. Wow, that's actually a really good rule of thumb. I, I'll take that to heart. Thank you. Horror movie rule of thumb. Don't trust somebody trapped in a mirror. True. Bloody Mary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she, that's pretty much it. It's just Aviva communicating with Callie and being yeah. like, Nobody gets me except for you, Callie. Yeah. We just kind of learned who Aviva is. We learned that she wants to get powers. Mm-hmm. And we learned that Callie is someone who's trying to give it to her. Yeah, but we don't know why. Um, and then the next scene is Leo's butt. <laughs> Zoomed in. <laughs> Zoomed in. I appreciated that. So Leo's looking for Kit, the cat, because Kit's missing. Yeah, Kit's missing. The cat's missing. Don't like that. Oh, man. And Leo's looking up in the chimney, but he can't find Kit. And um, both Phoebe and Piper are admiring <laughs> Leo's butt very vocally. Yeah. And Leo's kind of like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm sure. Gonna go put up some posters? Yeah. Kit. Uh, to yeah put up some some flyers oh yeah um and oh yeah i'm gonna go put up some flyers and uh aviva sees him walking yeah with the flyers yeah. and taping them up and with her mind she burns up a flyer right so we don't quite know what her deal is with the no. hollywell sisters yet not yet she but she definitely recognizes kit and she's definitely been following the hollywell sisters mm-hmm Okay. Um, uh, the only thing I would like to say about the sequence is um, uh, Piper and Phoebe have a prolonged conversation as they watch Leo go, which is the finest glutes in the city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just admiring him. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. I thought it was cute. It was pretty silly, yeah. Yeah, it was very silly. Um, this is when they just act like sisters. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, Piper is making some cinnamon buns. Yeah. Oh, this is, we have the credits yeah. after uh, Aviva yeah. burns up the flyer. And then, yeah, Piper is making some cinnamon buns for, for Leo. Leo's buns. For Leo's buns. <laughs> buns for buns. Buns for buns. Mask, Mask for, for mascara. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. Um, I didn't all make right. it up. Um, and then, so she, uh, Piper gives him the, the cinnamon bun, and he's like, oh, thank you. And then, and then uh, Phoebe comes in and starts also flirting with him. Yeah, and Prue is like, something is not right here. Yeah, Prue pulls uh, Phoebe aside and is like, "Hey, you know that Piper like really likes Leo, right?" And Phoebe's like, "Yeah, I mean, sure. He's he's really good looking." And Prue's like, "No, she likes him." And Phoebe is kind of a little dense on this and thinks that it's about Prue's issues with Phoebe Mm -hmm. stealing Roger Mm -hmm. and is like, oh, we have to unpack this because I don't want to keep going over this. Right. So they have that talk. Yeah. So they have a little bit of this talk. And then I guess Leo leaves and Piper comes in and (laughs) Phoebe's like, Piper, back me up on this. I'm not a boyfriend stealer, right? And Piper's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. You kissed my crush uh, in eighth grade. So My boyfriend. <laughs> my eighth grade boyfriend, you stole him. And she's like, 
no, I didn't kiss him. I was helping him with his contact. <laughs> so the end of this scene is basically Piper and Phoebe agree to a friendly sisterly con- uh, competition. Yeah. Um, uh, the two things I would like to just quickly talk about. Um, one, watching Alyssa Milano shamelessly flirt is so fun. She She's, has so much fun with it. Yeah. She, it, like Watching her this entire episode was good. It was. She just she does this thing where she like puts she puts her hand under her chin and mm-hmm. she kind of sticks her whole face out and like smiles yeah. and she's like hi. She like scrunches up her her like nose and it's all that. It's so cute. I just love it. I think she really like last episode she was dealt a lot of the comedic one-liners and that was fun. Mm-hmm. I think this she actually gets to act, mm. which is even more fun. So it's not just the lines, it's also the actions that go with yeah. them. It's great. I'm a big fan. Um, and then the other thing is, one line of this is, um, Piper is like, no, you were, Phoebe, you were, like, up on him on this, like, eighth yeah. grade boy with your breasts. And and Phoebe's like, I was in eighth grade. I didn't have breasts yet. And Piper goes, Phoebe, you've always had breasts. <laughs> and Phoebe kind of goes, oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so it's just, like, these silly exchanges. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, this could be a weird um, trope of, like, women fighting over men. Mm -hmm. And also competition for another human's relationship. Yeah, so it's, like, it's based in these really awful things, Mm -hmm. I think, that are used to drive, especially women, but to drive people apart, competing for the affection of somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I like the approach that... Phoebe and Piper take in which they acknowledge it completely and they're like this is just going to be kind of a a game Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think Piper really thinks it's a game right because she does actually like him right 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 but it's just that they're communicating about it and they're kind of making fun of each other and they're both mutually admiring someone right yes yes so take that as you will okay uh, so then Aviva is back in her dark, dark room, and... Dear diary, <laughs> nobody understands me. I hate this place. Life sucks. Oh as much as this God. character, as much as I really enjoyed the Aviva character, they gave her some pretty bad lines. Oh, God. It was just um, every single teen movie yeah. rolled up into one, but, like, over-exaggerated. Yeah. Dear diary... My angsty teenage bullshit now has a body count. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's very much. Um, I could tell that the writer was creating a stereotype, and it was kind of poorly done. Yeah, it was just. It was transparent. Yeah. So Aviva's doing her little writing in her diary in her dark dark room, and Aunt Jackie um, comes in, and Aviva's like, "No, don't." don't come in. Uh, and then they have this argument where we learn a little bit more about Aviva's backstory. So her mom is in rehab, which is why she's staying with her aunt. And um, Aviva feels like there is no family that she truly has now. Mm-hmm. And uh, meanwhile, Aunt Jackie, Aunt Jackie is trying to persuade Aviva that her mom needs to take responsibility for her actions. And Aviva comes w- back with this really good argument about how having a substance use disorder doesn't necessarily mean that you have lost responsibility. Like you weren't upholding responsibility it is literally a disorder that you need treatment for yeah she's sick and that's nothing to be ashamed of that's her line is her line um 
And there are a lot of dynamics at play here in which that's true. Like it's it's a disorder, it's a disease in a lot of ways. Like addiction is a disease. So I think we definitely have a culture of like blame mm-hmm. around that. And they kind of get it. They don't really get into it in no. this episode. And I wonder if they played it off almost as if Aviva, the stereotypical angsty teen, was just saying things that adults don't agree with. Maybe, but it was a really good line. And it so was, it's hard for yeah. me to tell. And I had this conversation recently with Andrew where we were discussing how, specifically with mental health, which substance use disorder can fall under, the idea that there is, in Western culture, a very biomedical framework for viewing health and mental health in particular, and there's less of a focus on the social and environmental determinants what that can cause it. And um, I'm going to cut this out because I don't think I'm saying it correctly. Well, no, like I'm but confused. I, I think it's really important to talk about it in a modern framework mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, because Aunt Jackie is saying that she, uh, Aunt Jackie is saying that Aviva's mom should take responsibility for having an addiction, but she's in rehab, so she is. Mm -hmm. And Aviva is pointing out that it needs to be treated Mm -hmm. as being ill, as being sick, Yes, not as being morally wrong. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, so that's pretty much it. That's what we close on. We close on Mm -hmm. Aviva being mad. She shuts the door on Aunt Jackie and is like, this is my room. Okay, so next we have Andy and Prue at the video rental store. Yay, look wow. That is a dated Bradley <laughs> sentence video, right there. Bradley video, blockbuster video. If you've watched Schitt's Creek, Rose video, perhaps. <laughs> um, and so 90s. And they're, they're looking for uh, a romantic film. And um, Andy's suggestion is Lethal Weapon 3. <laughs> and Prue's suggestion was Double Indemnity, which is a wonderful film that everyone should watch. And they can't seem to agree on something. And as a video rental guy, store guy, is going to help them find something, Andy throws out a comment that's like, oh, we may not even get to the movie. And Prue's like, ooh, cocky. And he's like, no, that's not what I meant. I meant that something always seems to come up. We never get to spend time together. Yeah, so this is the heart of the conflict for Prue because the entire episode she just tries to have one date with Andy and the reason is because they've never actually had a date that fully went through. Yeah. I guess never one that we've seen on screen. We haven't seen one on screen. I mean, they may have had them, but it just seems like pretty consistently Prue has to go chase after some demon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then the video store, oh, then Prue promises Andy this time it's just going to be us. We have Mm -hmm. the house to ourselves, and we're going to watch a movie and make out. (laughs) And the video store guy arrives, and he's like, what about body heat? And they're like, we'll take it. So you know they're going to get down, going to be sexy. Sexy times. Bow chicka wow wow. (laughs) Um, Yes. So they're ready for that. So Aviva comes back. Or no, 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 no. We, yeah, we go back to Aviva. Yeah, we go back to Aviva, and she's calling Kelly, and Kelly is like, now is the time. Go to the Hallowells. Yes, join their coven. And so Aviva's like, okay. And she takes Kit out from her closet. So she had Kit the entire time. She kidnapped him. Get out of here. Get, get, leave the, the door. Okay, bye. <laughs> kidnapped. Um, so... 
wow, drama. Uh, we go back to the Hollywood Mansion. Yes. Here's what needs to happen. Piper needs to get Leo to like her and go with her to see a movie um, and also get him out of the house because Prue needs everyone to get out of the house so that she can have her date with Andy and Aviva's plan is to come in with the cat and uh, join the coven of the Hollywell sisters. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, things go wrong. Things go awry. Things go awry. <laughs> Charmed. Things go awry. <laughs> and so uh, at first... Piper asks Leo on a date, he's like, yeah, you want to go see a movie? And he ignores her, and he's like, uh, we need to get stain samples, because... Are those real things? Probably. I don't right. know. Um, but essentially, he's just proposing that he does more work on the house, so he sticks around them longer, which is cute. And Piper's like, okay. And then he's like, oh, and also, what time's the movie? <laughs> and she's like, oh, you were It's listening. going well. It's going well. Yeah. And then... Um, Phoebe comes in and is like, you're going to see a movie? What movie? <laughs> Can I come? Can I come? And Leo's like, uh, sure, <laughs> I guess. Um, but at this point, uh, Piper's also asked him to bring the stain samples to the restaurant. Yes. So we have a promise of a future kind mm-hmm. of date. Um, and then Aviva comes in. Mm-hmm. She makes her appearance. Yes, she makes her appearance. And Phoebe answers the door and is like, you found Kit. Oh, my God. And Aviva's like, okay, here you go. Comes into the house. Ooh, so what do you got here? What's happening? And it's like, uh, okay, well, something's wrong. Right. This kid. So then there's a very stressful moment where Aviva calls him out on being witches. Yeah, Prue comes in. Yes. Um, So Leo's there. Prue comes in with Andy. Mm -hmm. And... Aviva has Kit, and Prue's like, great, uh, here, all is 50 bucks enough for the reward? She's like, no, I don't want a reward. I want to talk about Wicca. And they're like, skirt, skirt, skirt. Yep. So um, Prue quickly redirects Andy to go talk to Leo, where they stand funny. awkwardly looking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Leo, why? Andy Trudeau, go talk, chat, <laughs> have fun, guys. Uh, and then the three sisters hustle Aviva to a separate room, and they're like, you, you, what are you saying? Like, you can't be here. You can't be saying that. Like, they try to. You? Yeah. But she's still in view of Andy, and Andy brought over popcorn, Jiffy Pop. And she and Aviva, like, d- throws fire or heat or yes. whatever she was given. She was given a power from Callie that was, like, the power of the sun. Yeah. So she can make heat happen. And she pops Andy's popcorn. And then Piper freezes everyone. Out of panic. And they're like, Aviva, what the, who the heck are you? We don't know who you are. Why are you doing this? We don't want to talk. And then, like, yeah. You, you had Kit, and you also kind of sounded fishy about that. And then Prue gets super protective of her family, and she's like, you can't be here. You got to get out of here. And she, like, low-key threatens Aviva, and Aviva does not take lightly to that. Threatens her right back and burns up the VHS in her hand. Yeah, and then storms out. Yeah. And then they unfreeze Leo and Andy, and the popcorn pops everywhere. And Andy's like, what the heck? And they're all kind of standing in smoke. And the Charmed Ones are like, ah, ha, 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 she just left. And Prue slams the door with her mind. Yeah. Yeah, there she went. And they're all kind of like, oh, well, I guess the date's not happening. Yeah. A stressful moment. Very. So... We revisit Aviva back at her home where she is upsetty. Upsetty spaghetti. Upsetty spaghetti. Upsetty rigatoni. <laughs> and she's talking to Callie. She's saying, I don't know if I want to do this. What if they don't want me? And Callie's like, you asked for this. Didn't you want a family? So 
Callie's preying on Aviva's insecurities and her vulnerability. Mm -hmm. But we do, but Aviva does ask, what do you get out of this? And this is when we learn that Callie wants the powers of the Halliwell sisters. So already, Callie, not not a good person. Never trust someone in a mirror. (laughs) That man in the mirror. (laughs) Okay. Uh, okay, so then we go to the aftermath. Uh, Trudeau and Prue are having a phone call. Trudeau is, sorry, Andy is at <laughs> the uh, police station, and he's, like, trying to talk to Prue about his concern. Um, and Prue's like, okay, you know what? We're, we can do it. We're going to have a lunch date. We're going to make it happen. Um, uh, no, same time tomorrow. Oh, same time tomorrow. That's right. We're, yeah. we're going to have another date. We're going to make it happen. And um, we can see again that they are replanning and restarting this cycle of the date is going to have to reoccur. Yeah. And Prue is doing laundry. And um, then she's joined by her sisters. And they're discussing the issue of Aviva. Yes. Uh, Again, very clear dynamic. Prue is like, no, she is strange. We don't know who she is. And it looks like she is attempting to get something out of us. Mm-hmm. I don't trust her. Phoebe says, well, we can't forget that she did rescue Kit. Mm-hmm. And Piper says, ah, mm-hmm. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phoebe is quick to come to the defense of Aviva, partially because I think she recognizes in this situation someone who is like her, first of all, mm-hmm. and then Prue disapproving of someone like her yes so she feels maybe personally like this is something that she disagrees with definitely it's the rebelliousness too Mm -hmm. um all right so they have that argument and then phoebe gets a call directly after from aviva Uh, aviva wants to talk more to phoebe and phoebe agrees yep so phoebe meets aviva at her high school and Aviva is like, great, let's talk. I'm ditching school. And Phoebe's like, what? No, you're not. She says, what? Like, you haven't done this thousands of times? And Phoebe's like, uh, you got me there. Mm-hmm. I did ditch. <laughs> so she obviously does see something in Aviva, sees these similarities. Mm-hmm. But she's taking on the older, more mature role. Right. And Aviva has this convertible. I don't know how she has Question, that. Question, yeah. But, well... I'll, we'll just roll a bit. Yeah. So they're about to go hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next scene, meanwhile, uh, Leo comes to Quake, and Piper is there ready for with him. With his samples. With his stained <laughs> samples. I don't know hardware or <laughs> renovation, but um, that is not a pleasant-sounding <laughs> aspect of it. Stained samples. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know much, but yeah. Um, Okay, so he comes in, and she's like, table for one, sir. He's like, wow, do you own this place? And she's like, no, I don't own it. I just run the entirety of it. (laughs) And he's like, wow, hard eyes. Woman in charge. Um, And so she brings him over and uh, to the table. Oh, and then he spouts some stuff about, like, you know, the Mayans thought that cooks were revered only second to the medicine right. men, which, you know, has some inaccurate terms. 
But the whole thing is that Piper's like, wow, you know some interesting knowledge. So she has hard eyes, too. Yeah, so she has hard eyes, too. So they both have little hard eyes. He's layered like an onion. <laughs> God. Sorry. Firstly, on. Um, so they so they both have hard eyes for each other, and it's very cute. And then he's like, oh, does Phoebe work here, too? And she goes, uh, no. In fact, she's probably at her lesbian and gay group right now. And he's like, oh, cool. All right. And I was like, yeah, I wish. <laughs> Freaking wish that Phoebe's character was canonically lesbian. That would be wonderful. As it is, though, this episode is quite gay. Yes. Agreed. And let me explain why. <laughs> Leo's like, okay, great. So I guess Phoebe's in that community. Great. And me, a viewer, is like, hmm, that would be great. And I know it's kind of used as like an insult tactic a little bit. I wonder, because later on, Phoebe does come back with a possible um, insult tactic. Like, this is something I'm saying so that you will discriminate against her, like something that's stigmatized. But I don't know if it's so much used in this situation. It's it's really used more than anything to get her out of the way as a potential romantic interest, which... Piper perceives Leo might think of Phoebe as. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. So Um, essentially, Piper is using Phoebe being not interested in men as a way for Leo to lose interest in her, which honestly should happen. If somebody, like, tells you they're not interested in any way, sure. Um, So Leo is like, okay, not going to pursue Phoebe, if he even was in the first place. So I have not done this to ward people off from another person. I've never used it in that way, but occasionally I have had to use um, a a less nuanced version of my own sexual orientation in order to ward someone off who would be aggressively pursuing me if I did not give them, in their eyes, a binary reason why I would not, could not ever be interested in them. Um, and that's something that I wish I never had to do and never had to use as a default, but I have. Um, and it's a complication because it makes me feel bad for dumbing down my own explanation of my experience and my orientation. And yet I use it to ward off creepy men. So like, mm, who's the real winner here? I think it's me. I'm going to say something right now, and because I'm referencing something you said in your previous iteration of this, you can tell me that if you wanted this to be cut. Mm-hmm. But you did mention, you used the term weaponization of the coming out process, yeah. and I don't know so much if it's that as a defense measure in this case. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism, for sure. Um, the reason I use the term weaponization is because it feels exploitative uh. of myself. So it feels like Things outside of me mm-hmm. are forcing me to use my own sexual orientation in a way that is is not natural mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it is a defense mechanism, but I used weaponization because it feels more violent than that. Okay. I have written in my notes for the next section, Aviva's gay. I don't know why I wrote that. Uh, This is when Aviva is talking to Phoebe because they're having their little, like, um, 
ditching school session. <gasps> yeah. So Aviva's telling Phoebe about Callie, talk, telling her about the power of the sun, all this. Oh, oh I said Aviva's gay because um, Aviva was like, oh my god, Phoebe, you're gorgeous. Like, you wouldn't oh, have yeah. any trouble getting Leo to seize your powers, but you don't even need them because look at you, you're so beautiful. And I was like, me too, Aviva. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Um, so Viva is getting into Phoebe's good graces, and she's really connecting to her. And then Prue comes in. Yeah. And in the midst of Phoebe trying to reassure Aviva and trying to help Aviva kind of gain a more nuanced concept of herself and her, like, black soul mm-hmm. and her very binary judgments of, like, we're not pink people. We use, like... Yeah black soul like yeah nobody can understand us and phoebe's like uh i've had a few years to reflect on this and mm-hmm. like i get what you're saying but your soul's not black like it's it's difficult for me because i actually really liked watching this actress i felt like the way that she played all of her moments of desperation and like the need to feel belonged um the need for belonging like there was so much nuance in that and you like really saw it in her in her face and the way she like moved but then she would like say these lines that were just so poorly written, like, yeah. we're not pink people. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I think what you're saying is exactly right. And I also think that these lines of like very blatant kind of blanket statements mm-hmm. um, are used as her defense mechanism. Fair. And her kind of cover up to the insecurities that she's feeling in not belonging. Actually, that's a really good reading of this, especially because when you're a teenager, a lot of the language that you use is stuff that you've heard other people use in conversation. Because it's difficult for you to generate your own nuanced perceptions of things because you haven't had enough time and you don't quite know like how to sort through your own emotions and thoughts. So you have to use other people's words. And sometimes they're just super generic and super like... They're, they're words used to broadcast confidence. Yeah and they're not necessarily correct. It's Mm -hmm. just if you say them loud enough, Mm -hmm. maybe you'll feel better and feel that they're true. Yes, and also when you say these like phrases that you know other people have said and have used, you feel like you are saying something that is a part of something, Mm -hmm. like you're uh, subscribing to this culture. Belonging, exactly. it's all about belonging. It's all about the sense of family, um, biological or chosen, for sure. Dear so, diary. <laughs> so Prue like comes in um, on the two of them, sharing the power of the sun. Uh, they're making a plant grow, and uh, Aviva summoned Callie. And as soon as Prue comes in, Aviva jumps up and is like, "You can't be in here. This is Phoebe's room." Yeah, this is Phoebe's room. Phoebe, uh, Phoebe is as much a part of this household as you are. Yeah. You don't have to be the head of the household. And Phoebe's like, "Whoa, these are not my words. This is a much younger me." Yeah. Coming at Prue. Wow. Yeah, that is like a younger her. Damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Aviva runs away. Yeah. Again. And Prue's like, well, I have to deal with this now. And then Andy rings the doorbell. So another yeah. day canceled. And Prue's like, I'm so sorry. I can't deal with this. But tomorrow, one o'clock, quick, we'll have a lunch date. I swear to God. <sighs> Unfortunately... Prue then goes to Aviva's house. Wait. Oh, no, 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 no. So. Oh, Chianti? Chianti? Body heat? That's right. Um, Aviva's at her house. So, yeah, the the date is off once again. 
and we cut to Aviva back at her house, distraught. Talking to Callie, Mm -hmm. um, saying that she hates Prue and wishes Prue were dead. So Callie, in her manipulative way, tells Aviva that she needs to take Prue's place in the power of three. Mm -hmm. And Aviva is doubting herself and is like, I don't know if I can do that. And Callie's like, remember, you wanted to belong. This is your way. So it's just preying on these insecurities again and again and just hammering it home. And Callie is really the only one who will talk to Aviva at any time. So sucks um it's just one of those toxic friendships in which somebody takes advantage of another person they know is vulnerable awful and it's because um i forgot her name already it's because callie wants power yeah that's it that's the only reason power Mm -hmm. from sisters from the sisters by like you know siphoning it from them and power over people who are impressionable and like aviva yeah so uh, her using her power for no good so in, in every in fantastical terms and also in much more everyday sort of language and situations and jackie enters the room during the middle of um aviva's communication communication <laughs> that's a good one and um Aviva is upset about this, so she, like, uses, like, I think she just kind of, like, lashes out. She doesn't even. Oh, she doesn't? Um, No. Aviva is upset and is like, get out of my room, get out of my room. And Aunt Jackie's like, what are all these candles? What are you doing? And Aviva's like, please, I just need, like, I need you to go away. And Callie makes it seem like Aviva is the person who causes the candle to flame up and jump onto Uh. Jackie's dress. Aunt Jackie's dress and start bring her, but you can see that Callie is the one directing it. So Aviva didn't actually do anything. Right. So Aunt Jackie catches fire and she stumbles out of the room. <laughs> and she rolls down the stairs. It's quite dramatic. I agree. Oh, uh, and she hits the bottom so of the floor. Dramatic. And uh, Aviva, wow, a lot of things happen for this poor girl. Yeah. Um, so essentially, uh, the and then it's commercial break. And then. So the ambulance comes and they take Aunt Jackie to the hospital and uh, Aviva goes back up the stairs to talk to Callie and Callie says, okay, you got to kill Prue because you don't have any family left and Aunt Jackie is going to tell people what you've done. Right, because Aunt Jackie actually survives. So she's mm-hmm. like in some kind of coma or something. I don't know. She's exhausted. Yeah, so uh, taking Aviva, care of a teenager. <laughs> Aviva, yeah. Aviva goes to stay with the sisters because she has nowhere else to go, and um, they ha- they welcome her um, because in the end they they are the protectors of the innocent. Yeah, Prue is not so psyched about it, but Piper and Phoebe are like, we gotta let her stay over. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have anywhere to go. So Aviva sleeps in Phoebe's room, and Callie appears in Phoebe's mirror and is like, now is the time. Now, now, now. <laughs> so Viva sneaks over to uh, Prue's room and thinks about fireballing her, but then is um, abruptly interrupted by Piper. Mm-hmm. And so planned foiled. Planned foiled. Next morning. Next morning, Prue visits Aunt Jackie and learns that Aviva has been tampering with black magic. Yes. So she decides to go to Aviva's house. Yes. And because she decides to go to Aviva's house, she stands she up, Andy. Yeah, so Andy is at Quake, and Piper's like, I, she, she's coming, I swear. And Andy's like, there's never a good excuse. Mm, and he throws some bills down, and he leaves. 
<sighs> Prue, how are you going to get yourself out of this one? So Phoebe and Aviva are hanging out in the Halliwell Mansion, Halliwell Manor, and um, Prue calls and says, oh, well, I guess I should say that Prue is at Aviva's house and finds the diary. Finds the, finds the extremely um, expositional diary. Dear diary, I have a plan to kill the Hallowells. Specifically, <laughs> Prue. Specifically, because Callie told me to. So, Dear diary, I, Aviva. <laughs> here, here is the print of Aviva. I am here <laughs> to declare my war upon Prue Hallowell. Yeah. So uh, we get some exposition, quick exposition there. Mm-hmm. Um, Prue calls Phoebe and says, "You need to not let Aviva leave your sight. Mm-hmm. I'm coming home. I've got some. Exp- I've got something to explain." Yeah, and Phoebe's like, "Okay." And uh, meanwhile, Leo is in the house as well as Aviva, and Leo says hi to Phoebe and is like, "Are you and Aviva like, like is that like is that a thing?" <laughs> And Phoebe's like, what? I don't even have a have an idea. I don't have any idea what you're saying. And Leo's like, aha, uh-huh. it's just that Piper said, no, you know, maybe I just need some water. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Viva gets the sense that things are coming to a head for her. Um, I don't know if she eavesdropped on the phone call, but she, like, gets a bad feeling. So she runs up to the upstairs um, bedroom and pulls out her spell casting materials. Yeah, where did those come from? <laughs> She just got them on her yeah, pockets at all times. Got deep pockets. She's got a, a weird rat skull. She's got <laughs> crystals, black candles, deep, deep spell pockets. So Leo is, you know, glugging his glass of water. And uh, trying to... Sweating profusely. Yeah, trying not to say something that would offend Phoebe because um, Piper told him... Something. Something, and also... There are heavy vibes between Aviva and Phoebe, <laughs> so he's not really sure, but he doesn't want to make them upset. <laughs> and Phoebe's like, oh, you know, Piper says some crazy things when she because of her medication, but the shrinks are on it. <laughs> and it's like, Classy oh, act. All very right. classy. Thanks. Thanks, Phoebe. That um, was, that was um, a little insensitive. Quite. Uh, it's a, also just a low blow on uh, as well. Yeah, so their sibling rivalry is not really going very well. Um, so Phoebe thinks that she did a good job with her with her um, re- 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 rebuttal, <laughs> uh, and she likes checkmate, <laughs> checkmate, and she sees Aviva's jacket, um, picks it up, and sees a vision of Aviva fireballing Prue. Mm-hmm. M- meanwhile, uh, Prue's car pulls in the driveway, and Leo's like, "Oh, hey, Prue's home." And Phoebe's like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And she runs up. Um, well, we don't know this, actually. And Aviva is getting ready, and the door opens on her, and Aviva throws a fireball, and it's at Phoebe, not at Prue. <gasps> and so Phoebe catches it with her sweater and, like, stamps it out much more effectively than Aunt Jackie did. But she still burned her arm. Yeah. And so Phoebe is like, <gasps> betrayal. And oh. Aviva's like, no, I never meant to hurt you, my... Uh, lover. Um, anyway, it's nope. It's not like that. But in my head, it went like that. It was pretty. Like those are the strong overtones. Yeah. Uh, so she um, barrels past because she just has to get out of there. Aviva barrels past. Um, mm-hmm. A understandably concerned Phoebe, and um, so now the sisters talk about. They regroup and they're like, "Okay, what's going on? Like, what are the facts here?" So Prue knows that Aviva's being used. 
by a demon. And she says, I think I know which one it is, pretty much. Um, and it's Callie. And so um, Aviva then, we go back to Aviva's house uh, at Aunt Jackie's apartment. Mm-hmm. Aviva, Aviva is packing up to leave, and Callie appears and is like, why are you leaving? She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to hurt them. You said nobody was going to get hurt, mm-hmm. um, even though she told them to kill them anyway. Inconsistent. Inconsistent. But Aviva obviously doesn't want to kill anyone, doesn't actually want to hurt Prue, mm-hmm. is just looking for someone to accept her. And she thought that maybe she could do that by being accepted into the Hallowell family and taking uh-huh. Prue's place. Obviously, it's not working out. And Aviva's, yeah, freaking out. Is like, I got to get out of here. And Callie's like, it's okay, but weren't you going to say goodbye? Come touch the mirror. Come touch the mirror. <laughs> Come hither, my child. Me, meanwhile, oh, don't do it. Oh, don't do it. Oh, don't do it. <gasps> don't touch the mirror. Don't touch the mirror. <laughs> she did it. Damn, oh, my she God. Did. <laughs> um, so Aviva is, again, manipulated into following Callie's wishes. She touches the mirror, and Callie then possesses Aviva. Uh, yeah, when um, she like enters Aviva's like body and then Aviva's eyes open, I felt like for a second that her pupils were like po- po- pointing in different directions, and I was very disturbed. They definitely were because those contacts were not put on right. Oh, okay. I thought like, is this part of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were just trying real hard. Okay, okay, so so the Book of Shadows back in the Hallowell Manor mm-hmm. is telling the Hallowells, Book of Shadows to the rescue, um, that. This is this demon's name is Callie, and the way to kill her is to shatter her reflection. So they got to do that. They turn around, and the door bursts open again. This door keeps getting busted. <laughs> Leo's gonna have a lot of work. Yeah. Um, is <laughs> it like again? Come Aviva on, stumbles through, and it's obviously not actually Aviva. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe says that, and um, Callie's like, "Yeah, it's not Aviva. Whatever." And she starts using Aviva's body to, like, throw fire at various yeah, objects yeah. around the room. Her aim is poor. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Being in a mirror for a while will do that, too. Yeah, you. I suppose so. Everything's, like, backwards for you. Your depth perception <laughs> is really bad. Um, so uh, Aviva's still in, in there. Like, she still has a little bit of control. And she's like, please help me. And then Aviva, er, and then Kelly retakes over and is like, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that was a really funny part of it, actually. Yeah. Um, so good job acting, Aviva. True. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty good. Um, and then... Uh, Daytime Emmy. <laughs> and then um, something about time. I've run out of oh, time. Um, so they come to the conclusion, they're like, freeze her, freeze her. Wait, Aviva won't freeze. No, Aviva won't, but Callie will because Callie's a demon. So they do that. So they uh, freeze Aviva Callie. won't freeze because she's a witch. Exactly. And so Aviva falls to the floor and they capture Callie in a frozen... Uh, whatever that is. Yeah, some kind of, like, yeah. pose. But she's taken out of Aviva's body, and then Prue moves her into the mirror, and Phoebe smashes the mirror with a hammer. <gasps> that was a real, like, three-pronged attack. It Piper was. Piper freezes, Prue pushes, and then Phoebe smashes. smashes. I thought it was great. That I actually really liked this yeah, one. That was a good, 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 good. And the mirror shatters extremely dramatically. Yeah. Um, and they watch the mirror shatter for like a long time. <laughs> and Kelly's like, no. And she's in all of the different pieces of the mirror. And then the mirror goes dark. So Kelly's gone. Mm-hmm. And Aviva's okay. Commercial break. Commercial break, yeah. Um, so 
then we move to Aviva, who's now cleaned up, and she's wearing one of Peru's dresses that Phoebe stole, um, which is shout out to my sister, Sarah. Uh, this made me think of you stealing my shit. She's going to kill me. Um, but no, said with love. Very much, very much a sisterly practice. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Very much a sisterly practice. Um, so Aviva and Phoebe have a little heart to heart. Yeah. Um, in which Phoebe makes sure that Aviva's not going to say anything about the Hallowells. And Aviva's like, no, I'm definitely not. I just really, I wanted to belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess she's gained a little bit of insight and she's going to go back to live with her aunt and visit her mom. Yeah. There was a moment where Phoebe's like, don't worry, Aviva, that demon is gone forever. And Aviva turns around and says, unfortunately, all the other ones remain. And I was like, that is the best piece of writing that has happened thus far. Yeah. And it's, it's it's very much playing on that whole thing of, like, the demons being metaphors mm-hmm. for real-life issues. But I think the way that it was acted with this new Aviva who has seen a lot of stuff and has come out on the other side with this whole new appreciation, it wasn't said anymore with this whole, like, I'm saying a trope. It was said with, I know this fact about me because I've lived and I've seen some stuff. Yeah, totally. And I think actually something that is very successful in this is that rather than vanquishing the demon and therefore fixing all problems, we know that Aviva is going to carry these traumas with her. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if everything is suddenly fixed, Mm -hmm. but at least she has the time to acknowledge them and we're going to assume that she's going to be able to work on them. Yeah, I think that that was the take the takeaway thought that I had when she said that line, because she said all the other, other ones remain, but it wasn't said with like anger or fury, like, oh, no one gets me. It was right. like, this is something that I'm going to need to live through. Yeah, it's less, dear diary, yeah. and it's more, dear diary. <laughs> <laughs> the nuance. <laughs> the nuance, I know, the subtlety, the twists, the turns, the conflama. <laughs> Incredible. So Phoebe tells Aviva that it was hard at her age when she was her age too, but she just has to be herself, and herself is a good kid, a good person. Mm-hmm. Phoebe's really good at that. Phoebe, this happens later with Piper in the series as well, but I think it's because Phoebe is the youngest. She's really able to relate mm-hmm. to young people, but to almost anyone. Like, she's as empathetic yeah. as you can possibly get, and she's open to everyone. I was just thinking about how in the second episode when she was reassuring Piper that Piper is a good person, this was a parallel to me, the scene of like, you're a good person. Definitely. She's an optimist. Phoebe Phoebe is for sure an optimist, even though Aviva tried to take advantage of her. Mm-hmm. Um, she sees it from more than one side. Mm-hmm. And she sees the good in people. Yeah. Whereas Prue sees the harm that people could cause. Yeah, which is, again, relating back to the first discussions that we had about this TV show. Yeah, and Piper just is really tired. <laughs> and has to bake a lot. A lot. And just wants a nice, a nice boy to take her out and not be a ghost. Yes, and not take her to a secondary location. Exactly. She decides the secondary location. <laughs> so the last scene, oh God, this is so sad. The last scene is Prue and Andy breaking up. 
And to come right off of the heels of the last episode, which I watched back to back, because they ended that episode as well, walking off together hand in hand. Yeah. So they've, Prue and Andy so far have kind of struggled with their relationship from the very beginning, but we've kind of gotten the idea that they work together well, that they have this chemistry, Mm -hmm. and that they do have a love and appreciation for each other. they understand each other. They understand each other, definitely. They're well-matched for the most part. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to say Prue is more powerful. But anyway, (laughs) I don't think anyone would disagree. I really don't think so, because she has shown her power in situations that are more dire as well. Absolutely. Um, But at this point, Andy essentially says, well, Prue drives to Andy's house, and is like, Andy, wait, I can explain. He's like, Prue... I know you're keeping something from me. Yeah. I know you're keeping a secret. And I don't know how to reassure you anymore that you can trust me. Mm-hmm. But you're just not telling me, and I don't know why. And Prue says, I don't think I can tell anyone ever. And he says, well, I hope for your sake that's not true. But I think this is it. That was a really sad line when he said, I hope for your sake that that's not true. Yeah. So Prue... If Phoebe were in this situation, Phoebe would be like, I'm a witch! (laughs) Wait, take me back! Yeah, exactly. Prue, meanwhile, is so deeply embedded in the security of her family being protected Mm -hmm. that she can't reveal this even to Andy, who almost is family, I would say. Like, just from... We know that they grew up together... And the sisters accept him as well as a fixture in their lives, Mm -hmm. and yet Prue can't bring herself to endanger them, to take that risk. I think that we've seen how much Prue is willing to give for her family in past episodes, but this one really hit home that she's willing to sacrifice her love, her like the things that matter the most to her for her sisters. Yeah, and it's absolutely also out of a sense of self-preservation. This is true too, it's a little bit selfish. Yeah, no. it's hard to make a judgment on this because concealing something as big as an entirely different side of your identity that takes a lot of work out of someone and when you are invested in a romantic relationship ideally you would be able to be your entire self with this person but there's this fear that if you reveal this part of you you're going to have to start all over again yeah I got the impression that Andy is trying to say that he wants to go all in. He wants to really dedicate and commit himself. And he gets the feeling that Prue doesn't want to. And that is because she has all these conflicting commitments. And it's really hard to watch. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean she's not committed to him. No, she... Andy says that he still loves Prue. Prue, it's obvious that Prue cares so deeply for Andy. Mm Mm-hmm. But she doesn't know how to make this work, and I don't blame her. And like you said, the fact that she can't fully share who she is, and Andy can sense that, and yet that is like something that people expect you to do in a fully committed relationship. It's sad. <laughs> yeah. It's sad, and it's real. Even though we don't have to talk about being witches necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's realistic. So this is the first sad ending we have of an episode. Um, in which it's not all three sisters together and Andy shuts the door on Prue and it looks like their relationship is over. 
this can't be how we end our episode. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Dang. I mean, I don't. I just gotta watch the next episode, I guess, and see where this goes. Um, I I'm trying to think of something to say. I don't know because it's it's sad. It's this is a more balanced episode for sure than the one we previously <laughs> recorded and reviewed. Um, because there are really only two storylines that are taking, or I would say three. There are three storylines that are very clearly defined and they're all about relationships. They're Mm -hmm. all about interpersonal relationships. So it's not necessarily big demon coming in from the sky to destroy, even though there is a demon. It's all people trying to work on their relationships with each other Meanwhile, having to battle the forces of evil and forces that seek to take advantage of them and destroy their love mm-hmm. and their bonding. I would like to close out on one thing. Yeah. Um, just for me. So I think this episode is most successful, what I was trying to say, in that it focuses on character over uh, twists mm. and, like, complex plot and like gimmicks and gimmicks yeah it's the we know who the evil is from the very beginning pretty much Mm -hmm. there are no like midway through or like two-thirds through twists we know what the objectives are and now we really get to focus on the characters yeah and i think for me at least that's what makes me care about an episode and really an entire season or series the most is that I am attached to the characters and to how they deal with everyday choices rather than the big reveal. Mm -hmm. And because I saw these episodes so close together, close together because we are recording them um, back to back, I was fortunate enough to be able to compare and contrast in my mind. And the reason why I think I like this episode so much more than the last episode is precisely what you're saying, because that episode as well was kind of like about not the sisters, it was about two other characters. And this episode is kind of also about not just the sisters, but this other character. But the way that they played it, it was her character, I mean, it was a fully formed character, and they related it to the sisters and the relationships between the sisters and between this other character, and it was just, like, developed. Yeah. Agreed. That was a very nice way of putting it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's not me at all. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Who is this lamb? Get her out of here. Okay. Um, We gotta say some closing things. Yes, yes. What I will say is that the way to a person's heart is to bring them buns for their excellent buns. And I will say that a dark lip is always the move. Heck yes. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. We can be found at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram. You can also email us with any comments. If you want to send us a review, give us a review. We'll write you a jingle. Mm. You- review us on Apple Podcasts yes. is what she's saying because that way we'll get, we'll get like more recognition. Yeah, yeah. And actually, guess what? This is an exciting thing. What? Now, when I type in Charmed to Apple Podcasts to search, we come up. <gasps> we wow! made it. The top 500. The top 500. <laughs> of Charmed Spellcasts. I'm so proud. <laughs> Mama Mom made it. So you can email us at... Uh, charmed spellcast at gmail.com really for anything yeah but tell us if you wrote a review on apple Podcasts. Yeah. but please talk to us we're lonely 
It's hard out here. It's hard out here for someone who just wants to eat chocolate and sleep and talk about No Carmedia. one's making me cinnamon buns. Make us some cinnamon Make buns. Make us some cinnamon buns. Sippin' buns. Sippin' Synonym buns. I'm Shayna. <laughs> you can find me at Shayna Macy on Instagram. Uh, I'm Bryce. You can find me at nude, N-O-O-D dot J-S. And also at Finished Foodstagram. All one word. All one word. Okay, so stick around for a spoken word piece from it's Bryce. Me. That's right, I forgot. And we'll see you on the flip side. Catch you in two weeks. Bye. Dear Secret Diary, things got a little hairy. I won't pretend to mince words. I think I'm supposed to murder, and I'm not so sure this is okay. I think that this could be a huge disaster. Here's a letter to the sisters that I almost had, the family I almost found before everything went bad. I won't say that I need love. We don't have to use those labels, but I think I need you three to make me feel a little stable. I'm sorry if I mess up, if I spoil all your movies, burn all your baked buns, be the responsibility keeping you from all your loved ones, but I'm a young girl, left me here in the city, and I really need a hand, someone to face me towards a mirror and tell me that they're proud of what they see, of all the things I thought I shouldn't be, of the person I thought that I could not stand. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.